1: but see, you know, the ones we can't miss on as we get ready to bring our big bro on, you can, you can battle all across the country for five stars left. But when right. you got one 70 miles away <laughs> in Chicago at the most important position, ain't yeah. no way in the world. That's like missing out on three if yeah, you miss sure. that one.
2: yeah, if
1: You miss out on that one, you might as well drop three of them. Because that's the feeling. The
2: in your backyard.
1: This is homebred right in the backyard.
2: You gotta get the ones in your backyard. You're that should have been, dude, you should have sewn. That should have been sewn up, sophomore Year. That's right. You're gonna to go to the peach fair, but you got the peach tree in the backyard. You I know, mean, we
1: play nice. You know, back in the old days, the briefcase would have been going. Oh yeah, up to Chicago, sophomore Year. Oh, like no, yeah. what they, they call it, the pot of gold. The
2: pot <laughs> of gold would have been the rainbow would have extended right into <laughs> Chicago, right there. You would have been like, getting like, a pots of gold, fighting. <laughs>
1: Lucky Lefty Podcast. We are pleased to welcome in our big brother to the program. He is college football analyst, and I just call him the Maven of Big Ten football. Howard Griffith joins us right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast, bro. How you feeling today,
3: man? I'm great, man. How you fellas doing today?
1: Hey, you know, we're just trying to keep the faith. Wait talking for the about n-
3: moving bags. I mean, want <laughs> <laughs> to talk about keeping the faith?
2: And hey, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. So we were talking about
1: winning ways in 2023. And we mm-hmm. played a clip from uh your fellow Big Ten brother and your fellow Illini brother, brother, uh, Stephen Bardo uh-huh. who spoke eloquently about the struggles of the Big Ten mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament uh-huh. and winning championships. And he questioned, and he did it, he did it so well to the point he's like, yo, I still want my job, so I want to make sure I do this the right way. But he questioned whether or not Big Ten schools wanted to win Big Ten championships or national championships based upon the way they invest in their programs and some of the decisions they make. And if you look, the standard, in my opinion, from a national standpoint in basketball has been Tom Izzo on Michigan State. Like, that's That's the standard. As far as competing for national championships and football, it's Ohio State. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only program you truly feel like, okay, they have a real big good shot up against Alabama, Georgia, and the other top-tier teams. What is it about the Big Ten? Is it a Midwest thing? Man, we're trying to figure it out. Is it regional? What is it that just makes it seem like schools in this region or this area are cool with Stacking the money, collecting the postseason checks, but not necessarily investing and in going all out and winning like teams in the South, teams on the East Coast, teams on the West Coast.
3: You know, I'd say this. I, I, I believe that they are investing. I, I think the challenge becomes, if you're talking about basketball, how do you build your program, right? Are, mm. are you building it? And you mentioned, are you building it to win Big Ten titles? Or are you building it to win national championships and run deep into the nc2a and when you talk about running deep into the nc2a you know this was brought to my attention a couple of years ago it's about guard play at the national when you're trying to win the championship it is absolutely about the guard play that you have and the big 10 has kind of built their way and not so much michigan state but most of the big they want the big guy they want the big guy that can be athletic and move around the rim and control it throw it inside But when they have to run up and down, it it seems like it's a little bit of a different game. We saw a little bit of that in the Big Ten basketball tournament when you saw, you know, whether it was Rutgers, where you saw Penn State, and they were really pushing the ball up and down the court and and making a lot of things happen. I think that's one of the reasons you saw so many uh, many teams that you thought were going to at least be able to advance, you know, be gone in the first round when you talk about the Big Ten playoffs. When you look at football, Man, it, it's hard, man. It, it is hard. I truly believe on the football side of things, yeah. as this becomes with the point guard play, when you start to make that run, you got to have a guy on the center that can can make decisions, can make plays. And, and like, I know how important defense is. But, man, if the guy under the center is not on point taking care of football, if the guy calling the plays mm-hmm. and the guy on the center are not on the same page, it's hard to be able to advance because I think if you look at since the playoffs started really in this situation, what was it? 26, 23, the the Georgia, Alabama game, that was a tight one, went to overtime, but the rest of them, I mean, you're talking about outside of maybe one, it was like 38. Most of these uh, games were 40 plus points. Yeah. So you got to be able to score points and that comes from having that guy in the center.
1: Apple Podcast, Spotify, in conjunction with B Nation and Irish Breakdown, home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because we can go right into the debate the left and I were having, and we'll let Howard can jump into the fray as we put it out there on social media. See, I'm of the mindset. I look at things differently, and I said, man, it's style of play for me. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: If you go to the NFL wholeheartedly, I will agree, quarterback is the most important position. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: For me in college football, it's important, but it depends on the makeup, Right? Because if you're going to win with a young quarterback, he better be a Bryce Young. He better be a lottery pick, number one pick, stud, that's, man, coming in the door ready to go. If he's not that type of dude, he better be a veteran. He better be a really solid veteran leader that's been there three or four years that you can depend upon because you can transfer what you want from the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator into both of those type of quarterbacks. So they're but both important.
2: Veterans, though, But the veterans now are like the 25, 26-year-olds. They oh, see. Be <laughs> they the <laughs> they Because they're pretty old now in terms of getting these experienced better than quarterbacks. So it's a, it's beginning to be a, a huge gap between the two.
1: So for me, you know, we're questioning style of play right now. Mm-hmm. Like style of play. We saw Nick Saban start. His dynasty without the best quarterbacks, but he had veteran quarterbacks that he could depend on, that he could trust. I would say the most trans- transformational recruit he ever had wasn't a quarterback, it was a wide receiver. I think once he got Julio Jones, it just started to change the way their recruiting classes look moving forward, especially offensively. And eventually he got to the big time quarterbacks like the Tua's and the Bryce Young's as things moved on. So, you know Notre Dame in a way has a feeling that okay, Sam Hartman can be the difference. And for me, I'm like warning. I've been very honest with Notre Dame fans. Like, yo, mm-hmm. we need to relax because that's a lot of pressure to put on a young man that Wait. has yet that has not played playing at Wake Forest is one thing. <laughs> playing at Notre Dame is a total being a quarterback. Notre Dame is a totally different beast. Uh-huh. especially when Caleb Williams walks in, especially when Ryan Day and that Ohio State team walk in to Notre Dame Stadium. You've never been under the lights in that environment. You play Clemson once a year. You got three games this year where literally the games might be on your shoulder. Like, go with it. Like no, That's you know, why I
2: brought you here for those three games. That's why, I,
1: that's why you were brought here. Exactly. Like, in that position, is he or should he be deemed as the most important person on the team? That's a tough that's a tough spot, bro. Well, well,
3: yeah, that's a no, tough spot. Listen, but but I think I think both could be true, right? I think one of the challenges is and you know this better than me. When you are the guy at Notre Dame, I mean, you are once you've been named, once you've gone out and won games, once you've been able to elevate on the national, on the national, uh, the scene, you're a household name, right? And Notre Dame is a place where they either love you or hate you as far as outdoor, the the fans, the fan base, right? So I, I do believe that for Notre Dame to take the next step, they have to have a dynamic dude under center. I absolutely believe it. And yes, style of play is important, But what dictates style of play? Ohio State, (laughs) Alabama, right? Uh, USC now, Michigan, you can say. I mean, those are the places that are dictating what's going to happen because the challenge becomes if you're not playing against that style of, of offense, if you're not practicing against that style of offense, and all of a sudden these athletes come at you, You've mm. got problems. We can flip it really quickly to, to kind of give you an idea of it. When Michigan got ready to play TCU, most people say, well, it's TCU, small team, not nah, 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 nah. giving them a lot of credit. The challenge was Michigan could not create the defensive style of play that they watched those linebackers. I mean, these dudes were 6'2, 6'3, 6'4, and could run and are going to stand up your guards and tackles, and you're not going to be able to get there. So all you need to do is be a a step slow. And that's what happened with Michigan. They were a step slow on the offensive side. So the same thing happens when when you talk about style of play with offense. You talk about Nick Saban, and when he made that switch, he made the switch because he was was adamant about college football, you know, just it's unsafe this way. You can't play all tempo and all of this stuff. You're putting players in a bad position. Hmm. Then all of a sudden he decided he wanted to join. He was convinced that that's what he needed to do. Lane Kiffin convinced him this is the way we got to win. You know, Mike Locksley convinced him this is the way you got to win. And that's what happened. And then you saw them go on their run. Now, unfortunately for them, Georgia stepped in and Kirby Smart went to Georgia and he took the blueprint from from Alabama. But what did he do? He put a twist on it. You talk to Alabama guys. They're like, man, this is work. Every day is work. Every day is work. You talk to Georgia guys, man, we having a time of our life down here. You go you go to Georgia, I mean, the party starts Friday night. <laughs> it starts Friday night all the way through the game. So he changed the, the – the, it's still business, but he added his little twist to it, which was more excitement around the game. The players loved playing there. It wasn't as much work as it was in Alabama. <laughs> but, again, we're talking about the style of play. And right now, if you look at what Caleb Williams is doing, he can get outside the pocket. He's going to spread it around. They've got uh, receivers that are really talented and go get the football. But again, if you don't have that guy under center, I'm not talking about, you, know, you guys mentioned those three big games. Well, hell, every game is big for Notre Dame because that's how they got to get to the championship. You might be able to drop one, but you you need to win them all. Those other places, man, they've got dynamic guys that take them to the next level. And when it becomes crunch time, they can make a difference. And for me, that's why... It, it, it's at the quarterback position It's going to give you that opportunity to win that championship.
1: But For me, the horses left I – mean, I remember a league telling me, I played in Notre Dame, and then when I went to Florida that first spring, I took the snap and I noticed that them big boys moved different down
3: there.
1: hmm <laughs> He was like, man, this is different. Love, I, that was first – yeah, I remember you told me that, and I said, Yo, this is crazy. And Notre Dame always has really good offensive linemen, but I think when they get into those matchups, it's kind of unfair because they're going up against a different level of defensive
2: line. Yeah, it's a different intensity. Uh, they, you know, the sizes are just different. You know, a 265 lean and cut and athletic is different than a <laughs> 265 that's just like, How did you get? How are you 265? You know, you don't. I can't tell if you two. So you two sixty five on the scale, uh-huh. but on the field you look about two ninety five. Mm-hmm. You moving like a two thirty five guy. Like, mm-hmm. see those type of things you can't account for when you're, you know, like you know, obviously you're gonna have the tech, technicality built in, the football smarts. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're dealing with freaks of nature, that's beyond yep. clowning. Yeah. Know those type of guys: Nolan Smith, Mike, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. (laughs) It's you gotta have dudes as well. Where a quarterback of that caliber is 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 important, and that's why I think Notre Dame is so different. Is because there's a different expectation, and and expectations is like pressure. It's a huge, heavy. Weight that you can not identify, but is, is there. And I think that's what Notre Dame gives. We give that LeBron type of pressure. The type of pressure where you can be a Russell Westbrook and be Mr. Triple Double and then come to the Lakers and be the lasting shooting percentage. <laughs> yeah. In the league. Yeah. <laughs> Get you a Malik Monk, come to the Lakers, shooting below 30%, goes to the Kings guy uh-huh. not shooting 45 yeah <laughs> 6 in a year because it's expectations notre Dame does and has that arrogance of the expectations of okay you can come here and we can stand alone and if you win it you're gonna be on top of the world yeah that's the expectation but we're gonna treat you like your mom did when you was a kid at McDonald's you want a happy meal cost four dollars she give you three and say make it enough
3: make it enough
2: make it enough We're not going to give you the whole thing, but make it enough for the three. You're going to be on top of the world. And that's just the expectations plus challenges that Notre Dame gives itself. I mean, we even even took the accountability of investigating ourselves instead of letting the NCAA (laughs) investigate us. That's the type of arrogance we have in our own (laughs) ability. So it's just different. But a quarterback changes or levels the scale.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when you talk dynamic, you said the word dynamic. What type of package does that come in? I mean, does Sam Hartman have the wherewithal to be dynamic in the way that Notre Dame needs him to be dynamic? Does Notre Dame they already have CJ Carr, you know, five-star quarterback in the class of 2024 in the fold? He's a little bit more athletic, more in the mold of a Drake May, per se. Is he the one that's going to be more athletic? They have Kenny Minchie, someone that Malik knows that's fantastic in the 2023 class. Is he the one that's going to raise the level at the quarterback position? Because we're talking about quarterback, for me, the most important position moving forward for this program for me, because Notre Dame has had great quarterbacks. That, yeah. This this is my point. The run from Everett Golson to Malik Zaire, to Kaiser, to Brandon Wimbush, you had, you had good quarterbacks that if you developed them could have been great and difference makers. Getting quarterbacks in Notre Dame has not been the problem. Developing them, that's that's questionable. When's the next time we're going to get a Stefan Tua? When's the next time we're going to get a Lewis Nix? When's the next time we're going to get some of these SEC-type defensive lineman and that's why I jokingly said yo it's 170 miles away in the class of 2024 that uh it's pretty important Yeah, like you might want to get him because for me that's closing the gap for your squad you start getting that SEC talent on the defensive line and develop the develop the quarterback a little bit better it could help you might just the same as just getting that dynamic quarterback to carry the weight of putting up points. Because when you get into games against Alabama and Georgia, you defensively, you don't have the front. You you just don't have the front to really slow them down the way they need to be slowed down. So now your quarterback has to go toe-to-toe moving forward. That's that's asking a lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you know, when you talk about defensive linemen, you know, they're special, they're different. Brought up Nolan Smith. Tell you story <laughs> about Nolan Smith, right? I saw Nolan when he was a, a sophomore.
2: An IMG? An
3: IMG? Or yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Freaking nature.
3: And I'm telling you, then, <laughs> then the dudes on the team, Houston was on that team, they were like, that's the best football player I've ever seen. Yeah. He was just a freshman. Yeah. And they had dudes, they had five-star dudes that were on the D-line. He didn't even start. I mean, obviously he didn't start, but I think he was, yeah, he's probably southward. But it was incredible, the yeah. athleticism that he, he had then. And then you look at what he did in the combine, you run, you know, sub-4-3. Four 4-3, three. Four three, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. These are different, different cats that, that can change your program. Um, but they want to stay south, man. They they really do. It's hard to get that caliber of athlete to the north. Now, you say, okay, well, the Bolsa brothers, you know, they came out of Fort Lauderdale and, and you know, ended up at Ohio State. And both you know, are dominant players not only at the college game but now at the pro game. Chase Young, dominant player at the college game, dominant player in the pro game. Chase Young was going to Maryland. And all of a sudden, you know, things just took off for him, Goes to Ohio State, developed, continues to get better. And you
2: Yeah, can- he developed. Yeah, he developed.
3: He developed, but he was still a freakish athlete when he was walking <laughs> Yeah. But they haven't Ohio- – this is I'm talking about, Ohio State, who has a track record of those guys. They haven't found the next one. Right. They haven't found that next one. They've got guys that have been close.
2: Yeah, they don't have the next Chase Young. But that's hurting them. And,
3: and you know, from my perspective, I was spoiled because I mean, you go from you know one bolster to the next, and Chase is sitting there, and it's like, oh man, they'll be it figured out. It's Exactly, all oh, they figured out the next one is there. We just don't know who it is.
2: They is. gonna start doing that with quarterbacks soon. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. but reality was it, he wasn't. They right, a position they got it figured out. They cranking them out left and right over there, but. You know, I think it's just hard to find those difference makers um, in the defensive line. And you're right. If you find one, if it's one here in the north, in the Chicago area, I mean, hell, they got two guys here, to be quite honest. <laughs> they got defensive tackle and defensive end.
1: Talk about you, it.
3: Yeah. Could you get both of them?
1: You're darn right. You can. You should. You should be able to get them now. Yes.
3: Right? Now, it's a different It's different now. I, I think that, um, you know, Marcus, as is, is he continues to develop and retool his, his coaching staff um, to his liking, I, I think they're going to get to that point because they're going to recruit. Marcus is going to recruit. He knows what, what that comes down to. You just got to be able to – that one guy that you can pick, it was like when Lou Holtz was there. Lou Holtz would say, oh, you know, uh, Chris Zorge, I'll take you. Uh, Brian Young, and I'm going to take you. And there was there was no question right. where else you were going. Right. Brian, Brian Young came to Illinois on a visit. He called me uh, like on a Friday. He's like, no, it was like a Thursday. He said, I'm still coming, but you know I'm going to Notre Dame, but I'm going to come and hang out with you. Which, <laughs> you're going to got a chance to go to Notre Dame. I mean, what are you talking about here? You don't have a shot, so. Notre Dame's got to get back to that. And I know the landscape of college athletics is different now than it was then, but still, you got to be able to go get that guy um, that can can really have a, a, a change in your program that can take it to that next level with some of those key positions. It, it, it's a must.
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast, pleased to have Big Ten Networks on. Howard Griffith right here, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire. Talking about style of play. 2023 and like you said kirby put a new spin on what nick saban was doing so now teams ryan day came close i mean a valiant effort and mm-hmm. that semifinal game against georgia last year to the point where the third quarter i'm like yo they might blow these dudes out like mm-hmm. i i felt like georgia was on the on the ropes i'm like yeah. man if they can give one more key stop
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then of course harrison jr goes out with the injury
2: yeah
1: Things start to turn. Georgia comes away with the win. Is that a tough victory for Ryan Day in that program to recover from?
3: I don't think it's any tougher than the loss was to Michigan, and here's why. Okay. Uh, when when they lost to Michigan the year before, two years ago, I guess, um, everything in their program starting on that Sunday was targeted at beating Michigan. Right? Mm. So it's an all season workout program. It was we need to look at the offense. We need to do this. We need to do that. Uh we gotta be better in all these areas. And then you go out and you lose to Michigan for the second time. So yeah, then you have the reprieve, you're able to get back in it, and you know you're now all of a sudden back in the playoffs and you got a chance to win it. I don't think that loss is 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 damaging as one was to Ohio State. Because you built every everything was we gotta do this, we've retooled our program, we've done this. And, and that's one of the challenges when you when all of a sudden the message is here's where we need to be. And that's been the message that entire year. And you don't get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the air is let out, and then all of a sudden, oh shoot, we got we got a chance. It, it, it's hard and you know, they've got to figure it out once again. Um, you know, now they've got to figure out the quarterback situation. How do, how do they take that to the next level? And, you know, I, I think one of the things you saw them being able to get in that game, get back in there, is you saw CJ running around. You saw him using his legs where earlier in the season, previous years, that's not what he did. He didn't do it at all. He wanted to sit back there and throw it, which listen, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's an unbelievable player. But that became one of the issues when it came time. And they weren't able to put enough together. Similar, um, you know, to McCartley McCarthy and uh, in Michigan. They didn't want to run him in, at all this year. They didn't want to run him. All of a sudden they started running him and things started happening. But it was too much, too, too little too late. Yeah. So, you know, style of play getting back to it is y- you have to be able to – to dictate the style of play. You've got to be able to, to really command and demand that the style that you're playing at that moment, you have to be able to control it. And so many times, right now, you're seeing more and more defenses being able to dictate the offenses, the elite, the elite programs. That's what's happening. And the offenses are having to react. Whereas in, in previous years, when you had a you know a great offense, they controlled all tempo, they controlled everything. And to me, when you have the – that's why I go back to the quarterback. When you have that quarterback that just knows what to do and can make something out of nothing, and the O.C. can call it a bad play, but he can get you into a better play, it changes everything. Because like, I played for this guy, Chuck Knox, when I was in the NFL. The Rams were still in, still in L.A. He said, guys, there's five affordable plays in every game that changes the outcome of the game tip ball, a late, uh, a guard coming off late to pick up the blitzing uh, linebacker, uh, a catch that's just a little bit out of the out of the reach of the receiver, a quarterback maybe not holding on to it for a little bit long, maybe just a little bit too much pressure on them that you can go through and it changes the outcome of games. And you can look at these games, and in some obviously there will be more, but when you look at these tight games, it's five plays that change everything.
1: Well, left. I don't know about you, man, but I think we got our answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I came into it, you know, I think of it from a multi-sports standpoint. Yeah. Right? Because I argue all the time. There are certain teams, look, that, what was that, that 2017-18 Warriors team? Mm-hmm. Man, you, there's about four or five other point guards in the NBA that could have won if you put them in the same spot as Steph Curry playing next to Kevin Durant and the rest of that squad. I mean, you put Dame Lillard with them, they probably could win a championship, right? So that's a stacked deck. In a sense, that's Georgia and what Kirby's built, a deck that's so stacked that he necessarily doesn't have to go get a dynamic quarterback. He can just get someone that can run the offense at a high efficiency and be a veteran and a leader and they can move on and continue to do what they do to whereas everyone else is trying to beat them, you need that dynamic quarterback to be able to overcome. C.J. Stroud had to go above and beyond, like you pointed out, bro. He went above and beyond what he has shown us all season. Mm -hmm. He played out of his mind in that game, and he still came up short. So I, I don't know if moving forward, I think Notre Dame and their recruiting classes moving forward will, from a talent standpoint, close the gap and get closer. Now I'm not talking about five stars, four stars. I'm just talking about their ability as a staff to identify talent mm-hmm. and develop talent. I think they're doing that. I think their 22 and 23 classes are there. And they'll start to show evidence of that this season. And now, as they start to improve, now, this is the first season in a long time, Malik, that they'll have an actual quarterback coach yeah. on the staff and Gino Godouli. So that's a change that was much needed, that Marcus Mark identified, I believe, halfway through the season. Like, yo, all right, we got to change some things. So I don't think he was at all heartbroken over the departure of Tommy Reese, if you <laughs> ask me. I think he was like, okay, you want to bounce, bounce. Now, like you said, you talked about it, Howard, As he begins to tinker and build the coaching staff as he sees fit and it fits his vision, we'll start to see the manifestation on the recruiting trail and on the field of his vision.
3: Yeah, I think one of the challenges is um, – I- I'll throw this one out there too at you. When you start talking about style of play, you talk about offensive coordinators, you talk about these head coaches. We talk about Kirby Smart, right? And he's a defensive guy. You talk about Nick Saban. Obviously, a defensive guy as well. Um, these guys don't call plays. Plays go through them. They're not calling the plays, right? We're, we're watching that change now at Ohio State with Brian Hartline now being the offensive coordinator that's going to call plays. I, I think as much as you want to be able to control the game as a head coach, at the very at the very top programs. It's you really can't do it. I I don't think it's enough. It's so much going on around around your program that you need to to handle that you have to make sure that you're hiring the right coaching staff. And I remember when Urban first got to Ohio State, uh, because I think it was the same time. um, I'm blanking on his name, but the point is I asked him. How good is his coaching staff? Because I'd heard of other coaches. One of the things they say, "Oh, we're putting the best coaching staff that, that we could put together, or the best coaching staff I've ever been around with this new program." He was like, "How? I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna take some time. I'm gonna have to. We'll see how you know people respond in certain situations. But I don't know if they're as good as the staff I had in Florida." because we'd already won a championship there now put in different staff. There's some still some new components or some, some similarities with the staff as far as personnel and coaches are concerned, but it's still a different staff. So I don't know. So it took them a while to tinker. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing will happen with Marcus. He experienced it this offseason. you're going to tinker around. Some guys are going to want to go other places, see some opportunities and then they're going to be that core. I, I think the key is, that people around the country and coaches around the country believe that he is the guy and believe that he is doing the right thing and understand and have a great deal of respect for him. So they want to be a part of that staff. And, and hell, the reality is you can coach at Notre Dame. I mean, that, that's, it's it's a special place. There's no question about that. But I think as they continue to develop, and we talked about the, the recruiting, continuing to, to elevate, and I think you're right, we'll see it on the field this year, you'll start to see those, you know, them being able to take that next step. I think the challenge when you talk about quarterbacks is being able to identify these guys so early and be in on them so early that you have to have people. Everybody on that staff has to be a dog when it comes to recruiting. And, and, and Marcus knows that. So in Marcus' eyes, if you're not recruiting as hard as I'm recruiting, then you're not recruiting. So, you know, I think that kind of sets the table. And I think historically, you know, I don't know that every coach wanted to recruit like that. So it's going to be different. And you probably could put a, an all-American team together of guys that probably wanted to come to Notre Dame, but there wasn't a coach on campus at the time when they were visiting up north, so they couldn't come to Notre Dame and visit that particular town. I'm sure wow. you've heard those stories. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. but yeah. I, I think, listen, I think – They've got a chance to really be special. It's just going to take some time. Um, Sure, can they do something about facilities? Yeah, but that's going to come. Facilities don't win you championships. They really don't. They help the kids that are on campus at that moment, but they're not going to win the championship for you. But as long as they can get those guys that they can target at an early age and be able to get them vested and buy it in, Man, I, I think the, the sky's the limit for them. And when you look at these elite programs, that's really what it is. And, and I do. I, I look at Notre Dame as an elite program. Yeah, you know, last year wasn't what they wanted it to be. But that can all be changed. You can fix all of that stuff. It, it, you, when you won championships, been to championships, you can get back there. It's, it's just about being able to do it. You know how to do it. It's been done before. So you can reach back in your past and understand how it worked. Now it's about you know going out and executing and, and executing the game plan and putting the, the right coaching staff together, which I think he's done, and, and
1: and keep moving. Lucky Lucky Podcast. I got hired Howard Griffith. You can catch him on the Big Ten Network. I'm sure they're getting ready to cover teams starting for the Ooh. spring.
3: Yes, indeed.
1: And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my bike down to the city, bro. Hit that <laughs> hit that trail with you.
3: Yeah, man. You I'm gonna get hit, down here. I'm gonna hit we that trail with you. A weeks away. I'm not getting. Yet. although it's supposed to be 50 in the city right so i might be able to get out there if it's too windy i'm not riding outside i'm just gonna get on the peloton calling
1: day man i got my peloton right here i just started on that i can't All rock right. with you you and jp on another, another level with that peloton <laughs> y'all cast a beast I, 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 man do i do i see you this weekend down in the bend no nah, you won't
3: see me down there okay but you know what uh you know, they got a lot of players that really are going to excel. I think they're really going to, you know, make names for themselves. Again, they've done some great things. And, and uh, at the Combines, I think there will be some some big numbers put up at South Bend uh, Friday.
1: You know, I can't wait. Pro Day, spring practice start this week. Yes. We'll be down there to cover it. Howard Griffin will have you back on sometime during the summer, man. And hopefully, you know, I can't get to the city. I might have you take some – uh. Take you might need you to take some briefcases over to Hyde Park in the west (laughs) side of Chicago, bro.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Hyde Park in the West Side. You can maybe get the dude on the west side.
1: Oh, without a doubt.
3: He's he should be a block.
1: Without a doubt. This
3: guy's south. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I saw him work.
1: Yeah, I saw you went down to Bama, so you you, you might be right. That might be yeah, a different party.
3: Things worked out because the last kid that went down there, the tight end, Billingsley, went down there. It didn't quite work didn't out. Didn't quite work did. out. So you know right. that, that might be a feather in, in Notre Dame's cap right there.
1: And i leak, I don't know what I'm thinking. If I give him the briefcase, they might end up in Champagne.
3: They might. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? How about this? Don't don't hand out any briefcase. This just put them a sweet NIL deal together. Yeah. That's, what,
1: that's what the briefcase represents now. Yeah. That's what it represents. Look, represents
3: you got You got that deal, but you got to start putting retention bonuses in. Ooh. So if you come back, this is what you get. Mm. Mm. The retention bonus is what a lot of these people are doing right
1: now. You heard it right here, Lucky Lucky <laughs> Podcast. Hey, we appreciate you, bro. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right, man, you guys
1: enjoy the rest of the week. Yeah. You. Right, you too. Once again, Howard Griffith, Big Ten Network right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Apple Podcast, Spotify, in conjunction with CB Nation and Irish Breakdown, home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Hey, left. He, he kind of changed my mind, left, because I really from a college football standpoint, I was really of the mindset that. Look, at this point. Just build up this defensive line, raise the level of the defense and get you a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be the number one pick in the draft. And win championships but like you said the style of play is driven by the quarterback and it's also driven by the teams that you're chasing so exactly. you need a, you need a running quarterback if that's the case because you yeah. know Michigan has j.j mccarthy a Cal mccord devin brown they can move around uh i don't know i haven't seen the quarterbacks that georgia is going to have in the battle this spring but Jalen milroe can move around you know ty simpson can Jaylen move me- around
2: uh, it so, around.
1: yeah, the dynamic performance of the quarterback is vitally important moving forward for Notre Dame to win a national championship in the style of play that Marcus Freeman, he said he wants to take chances. like He just doesn't want to sit back run the ball three times and then punt. He wants to take big shots, and he has the size and the speed in that wide receiver room in 2023 to be able to execute that type of game plan with Sam Hartman coming in, and even Tyler Buckner. To an extent the way he's developed and grown at notre dame so looking forward to that left looking forward to it it's gonna be great late. yeah great conversation today we thank howard griffin for joining us once again apple podcast spotify cnb nation and conjunction with iris breakdown all of our great content it's the lucky left podcast we spin it different i can't wait left look the website the website has a date
2: has a date
1: the website has a date they ain't got no date man there 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 are gonna be certain things on the website that you cannot get on the podcast left left is gonna have he's gonna have his own scouting corner yeah with elite 11 quarterbacks that he is involved with he goes to the lead 11 tournament each and every year he's gonna be scouting those quarterbacks in the 24 class and 25 classes and Notre Dame prospects or recruits that Notre Dame will be looking at over the next two years. We can't wait to get it to you. It's almost there. We even got our logo revised. Mm. So I can't wait to drop big that. Big teams. Yeah, big teams. And we're still waiting for feedback on whether or not Braylon James is going to do the Open. That's right. That's right. We put,
2: on there. That's a little yeah, we put it out
1: there. We're like, hey, We get
2: dangling. Royals at uh, Lucky Lucky Absolutely. Records.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And we can put it out there, Left. You know, we're working to do a live show in South Bend the weekend right. of the blue and gold game. You know, we're just trying to get the location. So we'll be doing a live show, hopefully, as soon as we ham- hammer down this location, the, probably the Friday before the game. That's right. Locally. So
2: excited, Left. Stay tuned, man. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned man. A local space near you, where we spend it different. Home of the, the misguided passion, man. And 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 look, the record label's starting too. You know, tell hey. them about your EP with your daughter dropping.
1: That's my daughter, man. She's like in the studio this week, finishing up the final touches on her EP. Um, you can follow her on Instagram, Ari. Where you been? A R I. Where you been? Uh, she Is that actually the title did a-
2: title. Is that the EP title?
1: No, no, okay. no, 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 no. No, we keeping the EP title. It's definitely gonna be Chicago. Come on now, <laughs> come on now. Stop it. She knows where she's from. She spends the most of her time on the left coast, but she knows where she's from, Left.
2: That's right. You That's can
1: right. believe that. So, Ari, where you been on Instagram? You go there now. She has clips, you know, with her acoustic guitar and doing her thing. It's hard, Left. Right. It's hard. It's, it's hard, man, to hear. Cause she produces, she writes, composes, produces all her old tracks, mm. like and sings and performs. Right, so she'll play a track for me, and you can tell when someone when someone that creates loves what they do. They're like, "Yo, I really like this." And they play the track, and you're like, "It's all right, <laughs> you know." But y'all really want to say that? And then I'm caught in between being a dad.
2: <laughs> Why don't you say like I will do something a little different on the on the on the reverb or something, you know?
1: No, no, it's for me. Look,
2: <laughs> you're dude, not
1: sugarcoating it. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do that, man. I can't. I have to be that standard for her. I love oh, it. I have to be that standard for her, man. I have to be right. I'm not the cuddle.
2: Okay, okay. I'm not the cuddler. She's coming for a real review from you. Man. (laughs)
1: Like, as soon as we finish the show today, we're headed to the studio, left. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) So, she only asking you when it's like, you know, she knows it's a hit. She's not just going to come bring random ideas to you. Mm -hmm.
1: No, but I, I love the fact that she is a producer and she's getting better at mastering her own, so she's learning the entire gamut,
2: yeah. On the kind right? uh,
1: and that was my dream for her early on when I was taking her to like piano lessons and everything. I'm like, dude, just learn everything, everything, everything. and don't be stuck on just being an artist. Like, you can, man, somebody needs that album mastered, cool, that's money, they need a beat. That's money. They need a song written. That's money. So, Ari, where you been? EP dropping this summer. Dropping this summer. Early summer. You know what time it is, love. Petticoat.
0: Petticoat. Petticoat. Petticoat.
1: Petty Junction Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Adora Whiskey, Adora Whiskey.com and Premium American Whiskey, AdoraWiskey.com. So we you put your boy uh Mario Chalmers on the petty yesterday.
2: What is he talking about? Look, <laughs> um,
1: today uh. is we're gonna give a choice to LL Nation on who is petty. Have you seen this viral video? Texas and Louisville played in the NCAA Women's Tournament last night. And we've seen Louisville play Notre Dame three times. So Notre Dame fans are pretty familiar with Louisville. And their best player, Lil Lefty, she's sweet, man. Sweet little jump shots. Nice little player, man. She was going through the the line at the end of the game where they shake hands. And one of the Texas players stops her. And I don't know why everybody still doesn't know what she said. Like, I broke the code last night.
2: I broke the code.
1: Plenty of people broke the code last night. Look, she told the young lady, man, good game. But if you call me a B again, I'm going to whoop your A. That's what she told him. Like, you don't have to figure out what she said. She told the girl.
2: Soon this if girl turned me. away. She said, Oh, okay.
1: It's on She's, that. If you, if you call me a B again, I'm getting at you. I'm tapping that. That's right. Who was petty? I just need to know who was petty because in basketball, I've heard some crazy things said during competition, bro. It's,
2: I've heard it, some, man. I've heard some dudes. Is she lost? She lost, so it comes off as petty. If she didn't lose, and she still approached the girl, and was like, all right, all right we won or anything, but you know, don't get crazy now. Then that would make it different. She comes off as petty because she she sees as a sore loser that's trying to fight now. Oh, you you want to fight? Oh, where was that energy at during yeah. the game? So that's what yeah. makes it, that's why the girls like, man, get out of here, man. Yeah. Whatever. Like, hey,
1: hey, look, I'm just telling you, I've looked. I talk trash. Yeah. Oh, on the basketball court.
2: Crazy trash. So crazy trash.
1: That's because in baseball, you really can't talk trash. You just can't. It's like just, basketball was the only outlet I really had to talk trash. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever called anyone out of their name and talking trash. Like I've told someone that you're trash. It's like, dude, you trash. I'm yeah. killing you. You garbage. I'm on. I've said stuff like that. If I don't know how I react if somebody would have called me the B word on the court, I'm. It might have been a conversation. I don't know if I would have done it in the shake-up line because the cameras would have been on it, but I might have circled back around <laughs> in a, in a tunnel. You know, it's like cause yeah, that it's
2: only really serious where it's in in, in, in places. Yeah, if you're doing it in front of all them people, you ain't I ain't taking you serious, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you catch somebody in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, you. I know you won, but don't be da da again. Okay, now she's like, oh, you know, let me let me tighten up a little bit, you know? Right. So maybe right. you gotta you gotta say it in the right place. So that's what makes her petty. Because <laughs> what's she gonna do? Fire on her right there in the line? Come on, man. She yeah what you that's why she was like man what you gonna do right here you gonna do it for all these people yeah right yeah right so that's what made her petty for it and then
1: i see I the parameters man i just
2: i don't know i don't know how it was said when it was said if it said if, if, the, if the girl said if louisville girl said it in the game it's part of the game and then see if if they were just talking trash then it's just part of y'all
1: talking trash. Like if yeah, you were you just
2: getting upset and want to take it after that because you lost, you see what I'm saying, dude? Because see, you're right. See, that's what I'm saying. The
1: yeah. moment she called you a B, that should have been the scene. Should have been the scene on in the, the court game. in the game. Absolutely, left. Absolutely. The moment she said it, I'm getting a tech.
2: Yeah, like, I'm getting a hey. tech because if if you if you that serious, if you were right. talking about it in the shakeup line, right? Then you should have did it in the game. Right, you wait till in the shakeup line. Well, now it's like, you, what you, what you mad? Right, and then, and then what you gonna do? Do something in line? Come on, man, I, I got my tea. You got your tea. You got a royal, yeah, right, right, yeah, man, yeah.
1: right, yeah. That's because of the way she did it. I think, I think she was petty. Now I think the other young lady, you know, because she had overstepped her bounds.
2: She could have, yeah, of course, You Lose everything was everything was out of bounds. You know, you
1: but. No, it, it, let's stop playing. Like we don't know what she said. We know exactly what, she, know what she
2: told. Said. Yeah, it would have been more serious of a threat if it was in the hallway behind where, where nobody was at. You know, we 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 shake up and then we meet in the back. And now I'm talking crazy. Okay, now you know I would I would think differently of it because you in turn you like oh, I will wait till after the game. Okay, that's waiting after the game, <laughs> right? You know what i'm saying that's oh i'm gonna get okay all right that's what uh, like the nba players they fake run to the tunnel <laughs> the nba you is run. theater man the nba is theater well i guess we lost left. <laughs> no i'm here
1: man you guys have a great day that's it thank you howard griffith thank you steve bardo for giving us the to go ahead to play your clips. Bartles breakdown. Don't forget on YouTube, go follow right now for all of your great conversations surrounding college basketball. Have a great day. But most of all, make sure that you spend it different. Have a great Tuesday. See you guys tomorrow. First spring practice report on myself and left.